Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 0897 that's 720 for the text line this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like maybe some biblical perspective on um, and maybe you just like prayer we're here to do those things for you today and we have a whole community of people who tune in and listen to this show uh, not just here locally in colorado where the, where we're airing it um, but also um, you know on the east coast we're airing as well uh, we have some sister stations over on the East Coast and in the Appalachian region. And we also have so many listeners online. So we want to just let you know that if you have a prayer request, this is a great opportunity for you to call in um, and have all of these people who are listening be able to say yes and amen to that prayer request as we lift up your need to the Lord. Definitely give us a call with your prayer request and give us a call with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's something that you've been wording, wondering about or you've never been sure about that you you've been looking for an opportunity to discuss with somebody um, that is what the purpose of this show is to give you a direct line to pastors every weekday uh, from 4 to 5 p.m mountain time and we would love to hear from you love to answer your question and maybe there's somebody else out there who would benefit from hearing the answer to the question that you have so give us a call 303-690-3000 that's 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336 0897. We want to welcome everybody who's tuning in. Uh, first of all, welcome to those of you who are tuning in here in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing this program live today. It's the 26th of February. It's a Friday, and we're so glad to have you with us. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and up into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're so glad that you have tuned in today and that you're listening. Uh, we want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast and then the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind that you're hearing it a week after it originally aired if you're listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. Um, but we want you very much to be part of this show, and we want you to participate by calling in with your prayer requests and your questions. And then you will actually have a unique opportunity where you, where you will get to know that you're going to be on the air in a week's time in your local area. And then that can be an opportunity for you to invite somebody else to listen in, say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at such and such a time. You should tune in and maybe that'll be a way that you can introduce them to listening to Christian radio and great Bible teaching in their local area. And who knows what God might do with that in their life, might use it to totally transform them and work in their lives. Um, even if that's not the case, we encourage everybody out there, spread the word about uh, this show, particularly Calvary Live, but also uh, Grace FM. And we have a great Grace FM app. So welcome, first of all, to those of you listening online. 
Uh, there's two ways for you to do that. If you don't know, we want you to know all, all about it so you can take advantage of it. The first way to listen online is on our website, gracefm.com. And the second way, which I think is actually the, the better, maybe more preferable way for so many of us now, is for you to listen on the Grace FM mobile app. So you can just get that mobile app for free. Just type in Grace FM, all one word, no spaces, in the search bar for your App Store or Google Play Store for your device, your tablet, or your phone. And that'll come right up. You can put it on your device for free, and you can listen anywhere in the world. And speaking of people uh, tuning in anywhere in the world, we have some listeners right now. I'm looking at the map. We have quite a few listeners in the southwest of the United States today, um, into New Mexico, uh, Arizona, Southern California, up in Northern California, as well as in Montana. And we've got listeners on the East Coast and the Midwest as well, uh, in areas outside of our broadcast range, which is so cool that you guys can be part of the show and you can tune in as well. And we see we also have some listeners in the Czech Republic and in Ukraine, in Vinitsa, Ukraine, and Kolin, uh, Czech Republic. And so we're glad to have you tuning in. Welcome to all of you, wherever you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear from you. Give us, Send us a text. Give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897 with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Hey, I want to just tell you a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city. And we, uh, about a year ago, moved into a new facility. It's coming up on a year. We weren't able to use the facility for the first couple of months because we moved in right when the pandemic started, which is coming up on a year. I think we're about two weeks away from it being the one-year mark of when a lot of the lockdowns began and, and that. But we are in a, a great new facility, and we would love for you to see it. We'd love for you to come worship with us if you are uh, able to, if you're within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love to have you come out. So come out and worship with us. Check out our new facility. Be part of what God's doing here at Whitefields, just especially in the last few months. It's been just a, a really blessed time here at our church. You know, it's just been a very vibrant uh, spirit. We, we've been seeing a lot of people give their lives to the Lord and, and grow, and we're really excited about what God's doing, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. Um, so we have three services every Sunday morning in person, and we have two services online. So if you are not able to come in driving distance, if you're not within driving distance of our church, we'd love for you to join us online. So our in-person services, let me give you the address. The address is 2950, 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. It's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504. 80504, what that tells you is that we are on the east side of Longmont, uh, in between downtown Longmont and I-25. And so really conveniently located for people who are coming uh, both from Longmont proper and from outside of Longmont. So if you're in any of the surrounding communities like Frederick, Firestone, Decono, if you're in Mead or Berthid, if you're in um, Lyons or Boulder, if you're in Niwot or Lafayette or Erie, we would love for you to join us for worship and the word on Sunday mornings. We're currently finishing up our study through the book of first and second, the books of first and second Kings. It's been just a great journey through those books that I think are often overlooked or maybe not a lot of time spent in them on church in churches but man it's so it's been so rich and so good and as we come to that we're looking forward to Easter and, and what's coming up in the next few weeks 
So I gave you the address. Let me tell you when our service times are. Uh, our first service is at 8 a.m. Then we have a service at 9.30. That service, the 9.30 service, has a full children's ministry. So everything from birth all the way up. Uh, we do ask that you pre-register for that, which you can do on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You don't have to pre-register to attend church, but only if you have kids coming to class. And then we have our late service, our third service, which is at 11. So 8, 9.30, and 11 in person. And then we have two online services at 9.30 and 11. Basically, we live stream our uh, second and third service. So we'd love for you to be part of that. If you are looking for where you can watch online, you can look at our website that has all the information you need whitefieldschurch.com whitefieldschurch.com you can also hear me here on grace fm every weekday at 9 30 a.m and 2 30 p.m so twice a day 9 30 a.m and 2 30 p.m as well as sundays at 1 p.m um, in our show which is called life in the field which is a, a means you know how do we live our lives engaged in god's mission on his mission field so let's go to our first caller Judah in Bennett, Colorado. Hi, Judah. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Um, doing great. Thanks for taking. Thank you for taking my call. Good afternoon. I'm calling because uh, one of the struggles that I have right now, I'm going through with my walk with the Lord, is uh, some pornography problems. And you know, I struggle with it. I have good days. I have bad days. Um, but it's kind of uh, become a problem at the workplace in terms of uh, I work with a, a large group of men in a very big facility. We're all part of like a group text message chat, and that's how we intercommunicate because the facility is so large. And there's, a, there's one of the guys that every week, like clockwork, he sends a lewd photograph out on the group text chat. And uh, obviously that's not very helpful with what I'm already going through and definitely feels like like a, an attack from the enemy. But the reason I was calling you is to ask you if you could, if you had any advice for me on maybe a way that I could approach maybe my boss or approach the individual and kind of discuss how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, well first of all, I think that's, it's super inappropriate, right, for him to be doing that it's not really appropriate for your boss to be allowing that. I mean, does your boss know about it? Well, he's part of the group chat, but, I mean, we're yeah. all in construction, so I don't know. A lot of things go, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, you know, the the one thing that you could maybe appeal to your boss on, I mean, is that by allowing that kind of stuff, they actually are opening themselves up as a company or as a, as a group, I guess really as a company, to all kinds of, negative repercussions that could come across from that, you know, depending on who's in that group, you know, that could definitely be something that could lead to, you know, lawsuits, complaints against Better Business Bureau, all kinds of things from a business standpoint. So I, I think you could appeal to him on that end. You could also appeal to him on the fact that, hey, I, this, this goes against my conscience and my beliefs and, um, and maybe appeal to him on the fact that, hey, I'm, Christian, I'm struggling with wanting to live my life in a way that pleases the Lord, and this is just not helpful. Right. Yeah, and goodness forbid, I mean, if they hired a woman to come work with us, like, if she had to see something like that, too, but 
I mean, nobody really should have to be subjected to that, and especially when it comes as kind of a surprise. Like, my phone dings, and I go to look at it to see if somebody needs me to do something, and boom, there's this image, and it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, on, on the other hand, here's what I would advise you. So I think that you should, you know, take that up with your boss. If you don't take it up with this person personally, I mean, that's the other option is that you go and talk to this guy and just tell him that you don't appreciate it and ask him to stop. That would also be another solution. Um, but, you know, if it's a big company, maybe you don't know him. I'm, I'm not sure. But I would just tell you the other thing is this, that that in a way, having this test, right, of your conviction, this is actually in a way good for you, right? You think about it like this, like maturity is when we learn to live with the the constraints that, that are put on us. So you can think about it this way, like with little children, what we do is we often take things away from them, right? Or we forbid things. We say, don't touch, don't go there, don't read this book, don't look at that. But as kids get older, we know that we're preparing them to walk on their own two feet in the real world. And we have to start teaching them uh, to make the right decision in the face of temptations. And that's actually maturity. So one of the things that, um, yeah, I guess you could put it this way, like teaching somebody, don't, not just saying, hey, I forbid you from reading this book, rather teaching them to read that book and come to the conclusions on their own that these are the good things to take away from it and these are the seeds to spit out. Um, we want to learn to do that in every area of our lives. Because, you know, as you know, you're a person who has a phone. So you have access to all kinds of things every day. And, um, and real maturity is not just blocking ourselves from seeing those things. Real maturity is getting to the point where we say, I want to walk with the Lord to the point where uh, I choose that I don't want those things. And so I would just encourage you that maybe this is one of those things in your life where this temptation can also be a test. I don't know if you know that, but in Greek, as well as in Hebrew, the word for test and temptation are the same word. So like, for example, we read in Genesis 22 that God tested Abraham, right? We read in other places, though, that there was a uh, God tempted somebody. And we say, oh, that sounds weird. Well, that's just a it's a funky translation because the word test and translation or sorry, test and temptation are the same word in those ancient languages. And what that tells me is this, that Oftentimes when there is a temptation in my life, you're right, it's not from God, it's from the enemy. But in a way, also God allows some degree of temptation to come into our life so that we can put our faith into practice because faith is like a muscle and if we don't use it, it won't grow. It'll atrophy. And the more we use it, it gets stronger. So this is an opportunity for you to get stronger in the face of this. But on the other hand, I really don't think this is appropriate for you nor for any of your other coworkers. I mean, who, who's to say that none of your other coworkers aren't struggling also with pornography or struggling with lust in their own hearts? It's just a super bad practice that really needs to be put to an end. I agree, but you've given me a lot to think about, and uh, I, I hadn't thought about that side of And I'm grateful for your wisdom. Um, definitely... I will give that some more thought and consideration, and I'm really grateful that you took my call and we were able to talk this out a little bit. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, Judah, because you know what? What you're struggling with, like there are books on this subject by the title of like Every Man's Struggle, 
you know, struggling with lust is, is something that a lot of men struggle with. I don't think it's unique only to men, but I think that you're not the only one out there. So how about let me pray for you and pray for your situation at work, and then I'll let you go. Thank you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we lift up Judah to you. Lord, we also pray for his coworkers, um, and we pray, Lord, that you would help him, give him a lot of wisdom with how to talk to his boss, his manager, about this situation, and and help the managers see that not only is this not helpful for many of the men, it's also unwise business-wise. And Lord, I pray that you'd also help Judah that in his own life, Lord, as he walks with you, that this temptation that he's facing, uh, Lord, that he would be able to take this as a test, which is going to make him stronger in his walk and his relationship with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You bet. God bless you, Judah. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text me at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. It looks like we have all open lines right now. And um, we are ready for your text messages as well. So give me a call. I uh, am waiting to hear from you with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. I'd love to chat with you about the Bible. Maybe you have some questions and some things that you've always wondered about or that you're unclear on. This is a great opportunity for you to do that. And there's probably other people out there who would benefit from hearing that question and hearing the, the answer to it. And if you have a prayer request, there are so many people listening right now who would be able to hear your prayer request and keep it in mind and pray for you. So again, the number to call 303-690-3000 and the text line 720-336-0897. So I mentioned this book, it's called Every Man's Battle and looks like the author is Steve Artenburn. Steve Artenburn. And you can just look it up by the title, might be easier to spell than that last name. So it's Every Man's Battle. And it looks like he has a ministry as well called Pure Life Ministry. And uh, yeah, there's some other books out there. I'm just seeing some texts come in that say Steve Gallagher wrote a book called Pure Life. Um, at, and he had written a, or sorry, he is the leader of this ministry, Pure Life, Steve Gallagher. And he had written a best-selling book called At the Altar of Sexual Idolatry. And um, so, you know, also, I know that Calvary Aurora, Calvary Church in Aurora, they have a ministry to help men who are struggling with this. And so I'm going to ask the producer real quick to give me the info on that. And so maybe if there's some of you who would benefit from that, uh, it, I know that they were starting up soon and it might be closed for this session, but it'll probably happen again in the future. So as soon as I get that information, I'll share it with you guys online but let me give you the number to call again oh there it is okay so the number to call for the church is 303-628-7200 so that's 303-628-7200 and they will be doing another session of it in 13 weeks from now but i guarantee that if you give them a call and say hey put me on the waiting list for next time they will do that they're really good at that kind of stuff and um, they'll get you in so that you can make sure that you get your spot for the next session uh, for those who are struggling with uh, pornography use or sexual addiction of some kind and you want some support 
um, and you want some confidentiality as well, that would be a great place to get it. So once again, the phone number to call over for Calvary Church in Aurora is 303-628-7200, and you can ask for Micah and maybe leave a message with your name if you don't get an answer right away and ask to be put on the waiting list for the next um, block of that ministry. Nick Katie here from Whitefields Community Church. Hey, while I've got you, and while, while we're waiting for more calls and texts to come in, let me just uh, tell you guys, we just recently updated our podcast here at, at our church, the church that I pastor. And if you are a podcast listener, I'd love it if you would go and uh, subscribe to our church's podcast. We put out two episodes a week. One episode is, of course, our Sunday sermon, the Sunday message. But then we put out another episode on Wednesdays which is myself and our worship pastor, Michael. We are discussing a topic usually related to theology and life and going a little bit deeper. It's just much more uh, conversational, kind of more like classic podcast uh, episode type stuff that you would listen to. And we are talking about the Bible. We're talking about uh, going deeper into the text that we studied on Sunday. It's a, it's a great time and maybe something that you could benefit from. So you can find our podcast by just going in whatever podcast app you use and typing in Whitefields Community Church. Just remember that Whitefields is two words. So Whitefields Community Church and it'll pop up. So we just renewed the whole thing and, and kind of uh, tuned it up and all that. So now would be a great time for you to check out that podcast, subscribe to it. And if you would be so kind, give us a rating and review on iTunes. That helps boost us in the algorithms there. Uh, so pe more people can find that gospel-centered content and Bible teaching. Let's go to our next caller, Remick and Parker. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Awesome. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. I have a quick question for you. Um, so I'm a believer, um, well, kind of a new believer, um, and my husband is not a believer, um, even though I pray for his salvation and that he gets to know Jesus and and have him in his heart and stuff. Um, he he's been asking some questions that I just don't know how to answer, mm -hmm. and which I think is good. Um, like one of them, he he said to me one day, if a pedophile, a rapist, or a murderer can ask for repentance and can still go to heaven, but if here I am, you know, I have a good heart, I help people, and I don't go into heaven. I just don't understand how that works. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question, and uh, there's a really good answer as well. And the, the answer is this, it, and it's something that actually Jesus talked a lot about. He talked an awful lot about this, because if you remember that Jesus talked a lot to the Pharisees, and if you remember who the Pharisees were, we often, you know, think like if it was a melodrama and we heard the word Pharisee, we would hear like that daunting music, right? Like, dun, 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 Pharisees are bad, right? They, they like to throw sacks of puppies into the river or something like that. Well, that's not the case at all. Pharisees were, they were the conservatives theologically. They believed that the Bible was true, literally true in every word. And in many ways, the Pharisees were closer to uh, what Jesus believed than anybody else out there. The other group that was out there at the time was called the Sadducees, and they were what we would call like theological liberals. They didn't really believe that the Bible was inspired by God and, and true for today. 
just like we have those types of people today as well. So Jesus talked a lot to the, the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, you know, he talks about the things that they would do. They would um, make sure they didn't only pay a tithe of their income. They would pay a tithe of everything. Like they would go above and beyond to make sure that they kept the law of God and did everything right. And they did that, I would say, mostly because they would have what we would call in our day a good heart, meaning that they, they truly wanted to do what was right before God. And yet Jesus told them that they were farther from the Lord than many of the people out there, like the, the prostitutes and tax collectors who were coming to him. And that was very scandalous to them. How, they would say, how is that possible? That these people who are sinners are, are able to come to you and you tell them that they have salvation and new life. And yet here we are doing all this stuff and jumping through all these hoops and doing everything we can, you know, to, to be good. And you're telling us that we're far from God. And the answer, the simple answer to this question is really just this. The question is, uh, how are we saved? And what are we saved from? And if we really believe, like, think about it, we use this word salvation. What salvation means, and what it means that Jesus is our Savior, that is juxtaposed or opposed to the idea that I can save myself. You see, that was really the problem with the Pharisees, and, and I would say with what your husband's asking today. He's essentially saying, I'm good enough that I don't need a Savior. But the fact is that that's not true, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's a man named Francis Schaeffer. He was a great uh, Christian thinker in the 20th century. And Francis Schaeffer had a, a great illustration that he used. He said, let's imagine you stand before God one day. And God says to you, hey, I'm going to be really generous to you. I'm not going to judge you by the Bible or by any other religion's standards. I'm not going to judge you by the Ten Commandments. The only standard by which I'm going to judge you is your own standard of what you said was right and wrong. And so he said, imagine if you were wearing around your neck a recording device that kicked on every time you said, you know, people should do this or, you know, this is the right thing to do. And it recorded what you said. And then we played that back and we tested you just against your own standard. He says, how many people do you think would, would be able to live up to their own standard, much less God's standard? And his answer was, probably nobody like no that's the thing about us is that it's not just that we have fallen short of god's standards we haven't even lived up to our own standards and so i guess my point is this that i think that if your husband is really honest he has to admit that there are times in his life where he has fallen short maybe he's fallen short less times than other people or maybe in less severe ways but he's fallen short and you could think about it like this let's imagine you and me had a contest and all the people, let's say everybody listening right now, we all met on the rim of the Grand Canyon. And we all said, we're going to have a contest to see who can jump the farthest. And let's say, you know, first person goes, and they can only jump one foot off the edge of the Grand Canyon. Then I go, and I can jump 14 feet off the edge of the Grand Canyon. Well, that was a lot farther than the other guy. But guess what? We both died because we fell down the Grand Canyon. And that's, that's the idea, is that there is a chasm between us and God created by our sin and, and how great God is and how we have fallen short that is insurmountable on our own. And what we need is Jesus 
to be that bridge over that chasm for us. We need him to save us because we can't save ourselves. Um, I'm going to have to let you, um, I'm going to have to, I'll give you a chance to say something real quick, but then I'm going to have to put you on hold or let you go because we've come up to our two-minute break. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, can can we do a quick prayer for oh, for my husband? I would love that, but I am going to have to do it after the break if you don't mind holding for two Not minutes. at all. Okay, cool. Well, then that gives me one chance to just give the, the call numbers one more time, and then we'll go to our break, and then we'll pray for your husband right after the break. So you're listening to Calvary Live. We are coming up right now on our two-minute mid-show break. Give me a call. We've got one open line, 303-690-3000, or text us 720-336-0897. We are going to be right back in two minutes' time here on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live and just love taking your calls and praying for your prayer requests. Uh, we have all open lines right now, um, and we're going to go back to Remick in Parker, Colorado. Hey, Remick, hey, am I pronouncing your name correctly? You are. Okay, cool. I'm not familiar yeah. with that name, so I just want to make sure. <laughs> all right. all so, good. Okay, so let's pray for your husband. I do have one final concluding thought after that, but let's pray first. So, Lord, we pray for Remick. Thank you, Lord, that you have taken hold of her heart and brought her to a place of surrendering her life to you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen her in her faith. I pray that she would be rooted and grounded in you, that she would put down deep roots into you, and that she would be like a tree planted by streams of living water that produces its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. Lord, that she would be that vibrant and that healthy spiritually in her walk with you. And Lord, we pray for her that she would be a good a witness and a good helper to her husband as he explores some of these questions. Lord, help her to answer his questions with sincerity, uh, to answer them with grace. And Lord, uh, I pray that as, as Paul encouraged his readers, Lord, that, that her speech would always be gracious and that it would be seasoned with salt, Lord, that she would be the salt and light to her husband, but also just full of grace. And so, Lord, please help her that she would be a good witness of you in his life and Lord, we pray that you'd help her to help him find the the real answers to the real questions he's asking and we pray that in jesus name amen 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 so remick the the last kind of thought i had was this and it was actually the first thought i had i just didn't get to share it with you yet and that is that if you read the story of the prodigal son we often call it the story of the prodigal son that's not really a fair title because if you read the story the story's not primarily about the prodigal son. Because if you read the story, it's found in Luke chapter 15. If you read the beginning of Luke chapter 15, it says that Jesus was speaking to who? He was speaking to a group of Pharisees who were upset with him because he was welcoming tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners. And they said, how, how, how is that possible? So he told three parables, and each parable is about a lost thing being found. So first it's about a lost sheep being found. Then he tells the story about a lost coin being found. 
And then he tells a story about a lost son. But I love what he does because he pulls a twist on him. Here's what he does in the story. We all tend to tell the story, the story of prodigal son, right? The guy asked for his inheritance, which is very offensive and rude. He asked for his inheritance. He goes away to a far country, wastes it all on prodigal living. And then when he's about to eat this pig slop, he says, the servants in my father's house have it better than I do. Why don't I just go back and see if my dad will take me back, not as a son, but as a servant. And then he finds that his dad has been waiting on the porch every day, looking down the street to see if he's going to come home. And his dad runs to embrace him. But we stop the story right there. But that's actually not the point of the story. That, this is where Jesus is kind of pulling a fast one on, on the uh, Pharisees and many of many readers, right? Is that they think, okay, so it's a story about how God welcomes those who return to him. And I don't actually think that any of the Pharisees would have disagreed with that. I think at that point they would have said, okay, we get it. If somebody repents of their sins, God would be happy to receive them. But here's what Jesus does next. He tells the rest of the story, which is that this man actually had two sons. And his older son was a son who was very dutiful. He always did the right things. He didn't go out and waste money. He didn't sin against the father. He did exactly what was expected of him. He was a good person, so to say, quote unquote. And then how does the story end? That man is upset that the younger brother was brought back and that the father rejoiced over the sinful son returning and and repenting, killed the fattened calf, you know, put put his signet ring on him, etc., threw a party. And he says, why didn't you ever throw a party for me? I, I've done everything you've always wanted me to. And he says, son, my whole house is yours. What are you talking about? I would love to throw you a party. And, um, and then what do we see at the end of the story? The prodigal son, the one who, who was immoral, is inside the house having a party with the father. And the older son, the moral son, where's he? He's outside the house, estranged from the father. And the question is, will he come into the house or not? And the story ends without telling us whether he does or not. And what that means is it's an invitation to us to ask ourselves that same question. Will you come into the Father's house? In other words, there's two ways to be separated from God. You can be separated from God by, um, by living an immoral life, or you can be separated from God by being a self-righteous person and thinking that you don't need a Savior. There, there's a great book on that, and I'll just tell you that, and then I'll, I'll let you go. The title of the book, it's by Timothy Keller, and it's called The Prodigal God. And you'll understand the title if you read the book. Um, it doesn't mean that God is sinful. In fact, the word prodigal, it just means um, somebody who spends lavishly. And so he's, God is prodigal in the sense that he spends his grace lavishly is what that means. But check out the book Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. It's fabulous and really, really helpful. I will. I will definitely check that out. And thank you so much for shedding some light on this situation. My pleasure. God bless you. And I, I just pray that God uses you in your husband's life. Thank you. And God bless you too. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Ivan in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Ivan. Welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor Nick. I have a, a question for you. Uh, uh, being a Christian and a, uh, I, I believe in the uh, 
creation. Uh, but I have a question. I get questions from people that are talking about the evolution, and I had a question about a person, an evolutionist that asked me the other day. He says, okay, well, there's the creation of Adam and Eve, and even in the chapter 2 of the uh, of Genesis where they're uh, cultivating and uh, they're, they're, they, they show their intelligence. But then there's the the other, uh, the cavemen, the Neanderthals, what happened to them? Did they coexist simultaneously, or was there a regression, or how do you explain that? Yeah. So um, here's the interesting thing, is that modern science, um, so I'm looking at a few websites online from universities even in the United Kingdom, uh, asking about Neanderthals and human evolution, and the line, it seems, from uh, many of these people, right? So this is a, a, not a biblical approach to it, but they're, they're saying that they believe that Neanderthals did live alongside early modern humans and essentially um, mixed with them, right? They mated together. Now, <clears throat> here's the things that we need to look into to answer this question. First of all, what is a Neanderthal? And, um, and is there actually evidence that this was like a race of people? The next question is, essentially, is what these people are advocating for or saying is that different streams of human beings um, uh, evolved separate from one another? Is that what they're saying? And those are two really important questions for a couple reasons. One of them is that I, I know that there's very little evidence that the idea of Neanderthals stands on, on just very little evidence. Um, I would just encourage you to look into that evidence for what actually is that. I mean, Neanderthal, uh, you know, tall is a German word for valley and Neander. So this is a person who is found in the Neander Valley of Germany. So they found a skull, but this is because they, they've been looking for and they, they had been and they still are looking for these transitional um, artifacts or, or human remains that, that show a transitional period between apes and modern Homo sapiens. And they've been, they've been caught doing some things that are, first of all, not exactly true and also not ethical in their, in their goal of trying to find these transitional fossils and especially human skulls, etc. And so, for example, there was a famous case of Lucy that was found, uh, and it turned out that Lucy was actually not human at all. It was, a, it was part of a, a pig and part of another animal put together, part of a human, and it was put together, and it was, it was almost like they're so desperate to find you know, this transitional link. The missing link is why they call it missing, right? Because it's not there. So they, they've been trying to do this, so they're, they're really stretching in many cases. So they found a skull which seems to be elongated in the Neander Valley of Germany, and they've built an entire, you know, theory based on this. Because they already had a theory, I guess this is like, they really hold this up as the, the missing link to their theory. Now, here's, so there's the one instance. Is, is there really enough evidence to believe in Neanderthals based on a skull found in Germany? Um, are there other possibilities of how that skull could have be, been elongated? Are there... I mean, is this just a human skull, or is it a different animal skull, and it, it's elongated for some reason? 
Okay, the other big question is, did these, um, are, the, are they saying that there were different streams of human evolution that happened parallel to one another? That's a really important question because that itself is one of the things which in the 20th century was used by both um, communism on the one hand, but is also used by, um, patri uh, not patriotism, let's call it nationalism on the other hand. Like, for example, what, one of the things the Nazis really believed in, and this is an idea called uh, eugenics, which essentially says that some people are more evolved than other people, and so we should intervene and help the human race evolve in the right way by getting rid of the bad things from the gene pool, meaning people with disabilities, people with genes that we don't want to see replicated. And uh, this is something that, of course, even led to things in Germany, like the separation of the Jews from the non-Jews, right? Saying that essentially there was this whole idea in the early 20th century that said some people are more evolved than other people. And they would have these charts, you know, that would say Jewish people are this much human, like a percentage. You know, they're, they're this much ape and this much human. They would do the same for people of African descent, people of uh, Asian descent, etc., and so on. And of course, their thesis was that people from Northern Europe were fully human and other people were subhuman, and they treated them as such. So not only is this uh, an archaeological issue that needs to be solved, and I don't think it is, and it's also a philosophical issue, is that are you, are you really saying that there were different streams of evolution parallel to one another, which means that some people evolved differently and at different rates and essentially are still evolving at different rates. Um, and that means that if, if that's the case, then we treat people of different races as being less or more evolved than each other. That's very problematic. And furthermore, it's very different than what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that people didn't evolve, but they were created. Right. Okay, well, my question is, how did they get from the intelligence of Adam and Eve to the to the uh, presumed, you know, the caveman intelligence where they had to evolve to have fire and to make spears and stuff like that. What happened between the intelligence there? Yeah, biblically, you mean? Yeah, how, where, where's the, uh, did they regress from Adam and Eve? Did the intelligence or did they just kind of, were they an offshoot from there? No, that, that's exactly right that they regress. So here's the, here's the biblical anthropological view of humanity. The biblical anthropological view is not that we evolved, then we you know, built some rudimentary things, and then we lived in caves, and we came up with concept of, you know, we started worshiping nature, and then we started worshiping multiple gods, and then we honed it down to one god. That's basically the, what we call like a secular anthropological human view. Uh, the biblical view is very different. It says God created human beings intelligent, and, and he created them fully formed as human beings. And so what happened then is that people, like Romans chapter 1 says, it wasn't that people didn't know God. It's that they didn't want to submit to God. They didn't want to surrender to God. They wanted to assert themselves as God. And as a result, God handed them over to that. And they began to worship the created things rather than the creator. And so there was a devolution as opposed to an evolution of human beings. And so I would say, yes, that is exactly right. They regress as people spread out through the earth. You know, you have people 
moving from the knowledge of the one true God into things like animism and polytheism. Okay, great. Yeah, there's a lot of really good information on a lot of websites out there, uh, Christian websites. One would be the Discovery Center, uh, or sorry, the Discovery Institute is a great one that has a center here in Colorado. Some people from our church are very involved with that. Um, okay. And uh, so Discovery Institute, and then of course Answers in Genesis has uh, some really good answers to many of these questions as well. So I'd, I would recommend those two. Great, yeah, that, that helped a lot. Well, thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Yeah, Thanks for calling weekend. in. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Monica in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. So my question is, is that um, I had a friend who had actually died or you know, she was undergoing surgery and, um, you know, kind of saw, like, what she believed to be the Holy Trinity. And, like, I have asked her before because I've always wanted to be one of those type of people that, I guess, like how you were talking about earlier, the Pharisees that wanted to just live so close to God and do everything perfect and right. Um, and so I wanted to know what was, like, right and wrong. And which was the right religion? Should I be a Christian? Should I be Lutheran? Should I be a Buddhist? Like, I didn't know, to be honest with you. Okay. So that's my question. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I would tell you, first of all, I, I grew up Lutheran. I, I would tell you that you can, uh, like, Luther, Lutheranism is a form of Christianity. Um, so I, I would tell you this, that here's what, all of these religions come down to if you're looking to answer this question what's unique about christianity how do i know which one is the right way to go here's what i would tell you all religions if you boil them down to their essence they bo basically boil down to one of two things the one thing like we actually this is really related to what we talked about with the pharisees on the one hand you have religions that say here is the way to save yourself whether that's through transcending or whether that's through reaching nirvana or, or whatever it is, or earning your way to heaven, you know, they'll have five pillars. Do these five things and then, you know, tick these five boxes and you will go to heaven, you'll have eternal life, etc. Uh, Christianity, what makes it different, in fact, I would say what makes it unique and what I mean by that is the only one in, in all, out of all world religions or philosophies that teaches what it teaches. And what it teaches is this, Rather than saying, here are the things you need to do to attain heaven or to make yourself right with God, here's what Christianity teaches that's unique. It says that you cannot do that. It, it, no matter how hard you try, like I said, jumping across the Grand Canyon, you might jump twice as far as everybody else in the world. You might be the goodest of all the good people in the world. I know that's not a word, but um, but you get my point. And yet, you'll still fall down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon because it's just too wide for you to jump over. The only hope for your soul is for someone else to save you, and namely, that someone else has to be God. It has to be God himself who makes a way uh, for you to come to him. You cannot save yourself. That is the message of Christianity, that the way to be saved, we believe that Jesus is our savior, meaning that he did the work 
and we reap the benefits because we put our trust in our faith. We align ourselves with him. So our trust and our hope is not in ourselves, in our own goodness, or in, in you know, ticking the right boxes. Our hope is that, our hope and our trust is that Jesus has done that for us. And we, we win because he already won the battle. So that's very different. Think about this. The, the dying words of the Buddha, Siddhartha Buddha, He's the guy we call Buddha. Uh, his dying words were, strive without ceasing. Jesus' final words, it is finished. Those are two very different messages. Strive without ceasing means try harder, do better. You're not doing enough. Do some more. Jesus' final words are, it is finished. Everything that need, was needed for your uh, salvation has been accomplished by him and through him and to believe the gospel with the gospel the good news it is good news about something that has been accomplished it is not good advice about what you need to do yeah. does that that make the difference yeah exactly okay so i mean this is like kind of kind of what i came into conclusion with for myself because i mean i was really in a difficult, stressful time there, I, um, most likely, like, I was just kind of, like, guilty and stuff like that, and I felt, like, all of this guilt and the shame and stuff like that, and I'm just, like, at one point, I was just, like, you know what, like, like how you were saying earlier, is that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, and I am just basically told myself, like, you just need to be the best that you can be. If you fall, get up and, like, you know, try try to to just be better than what you were yesterday because i mean at that point that's all i really can do like yeah, if you kind of get where i'm going with that i do and i would i would say i feel like there's one step that you're missing and that is this that you're absolutely right if you fall get back up again but there's even better news for you because if I just tell you, hey, you need you, you messed up, you get another chance, that's good news. But it's not it's not really good news because who's to say that every day for the rest of your life is not just gonna be you trying hard and failing, right? Like and, and then at the end of your life, then what? You've fallen short of God's glory, you spent your whole life struggling, and and then what? Right? So there has to be something beyond that. And that's why the promise of the the Bible and the promise of the gospel, what makes Christianity unique, what makes the gospel good news is that it gives you this promise that says, okay, you've been trying and failing. You've been trying and failing, but here's the good news. Uh, now you can essentially surrender your life to God and say, God, I don't have what it takes to be good enough in my own, in my own strength. Now I give my life to you and I ask you, to make me a new person from the inside out. I ask you to give me your strength within me and help me to walk in this new life that you're giving me. And not only will God work in your life to make you that new person, but he will give you eternal life that, that lasts forever. See, that's the thing like with the Pharisees, that was the irony of it. They were probably more upright and moral people than any of us listening, right? They, they followed all the rules. They did all the stuff. That was like their full-time job. 
And yet Jesus said they were far from God because they were missing that one thing, which was to ask God to forgive them of their sins and give them eternal life and give them his strength within them. Basically, they were still trying to save themselves and be good enough when God said, you, you aren't good enough. And that's not necessarily bad news because I have come to be the good that you have fallen short of so that you can be saved. And so I would just, I just want to encourage you um, that Monica, I would just say this, that I'm, I'm going to show you like an example prayer that you can pray. I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you like pray it along with me or anything, but I want to just give you an example prayer that you could pray off the, off the air where you could receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior and kind of make that step that says, okay, beyond just kind of speculating about which religion is right, etc., I'm actually going to put down my yes with Jesus and I'm going to, you know, stamp this ticket, so to say. Like, I'm going to say, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm going to follow him and this is going to be the path my life takes because, again, this is a different path than try harder, do better. This is, he actually comes into your life and saves you. You think about it like this. It, you could climb a mountain or somebody could carry you up the mountain. And with the gospel, what Jesus is promising is, I'm going to carry you up the mountain that you in no way could ever climb. So let me, let me just show you that prayer by, by pray, kind of praying it out loud. And maybe there's some other people out there who kind of want to pray this with me, maybe, maybe silently or out loud or wherever you're at. But, you know, I would just encourage you to pray a prayer like this. It says, Lord Jesus, thank you that you did for me what I could not do for myself. Thank you that you took the judgment for the times where I have fallen short. And thank you that by your death and resurrection, I can have new life and eternal life in heaven because of what you did, not because of my own merits. And, and just say something like, Lord, I give you my life. Be my Lord. I, I want to follow you and be your disciple for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray something like that, I guarantee God will hear that prayer and he will answer it. That sounds awesome. And I, I really super appreciate that. So maybe I can reconnect on that with God. I hope a you can. More. Yeah. And I hope you can find a good fellowship of people. You know, church isn't about going there and, you know, being, being all, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like ritualistic or anything. It's about going and learning about God's word so that you can walk with him. Find a church like that. And we can recommend lots of them. You know, this, this station has uh, a lot of churches that we partner with and we could really recommend to you. So. Okay. Sounds good. I super appreciate you. You bet. Hey, I'll tell you what. Hold the line and talk to the producer off the air, and maybe he can recommend a church for you in your area, kind of from our list of, of recommended churches. So, okay, cool. Let's go to our last caller. Let's go to Kimberly in Baltimore. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I Just a heads up that we've only got two minutes, so we'll have yeah. to make it quick. Okay, that's, um, I was just really looking for some intercessory prayer. Um, been really struggling in my walk for a while, um, on and off. I feel like I get, Lord, I feel like he's giving me all these insights and stuff, but yet he's also warning me at the same time. Um, he's been asking me for a while to get my diet in order, and I've been really struggling against it. Like, like I, in the morning I wake up regretting the night before. And then, you know, I'm going to do better today, and I'm going to take a home and rough day, and I just do what I want. 
So that's one thing. But I've had a new wineskin before, and I know the difference. I've been on both sides, and I'm really scared. I, I know he's coming soon, and not only do I want to be ready to go home with him, but I want to finish well for him, and I want to be part of this kingdom work. And I just find myself pulling back, and I feel like a hypocrite. Hey, you know what? what's a great promise from the Bible is that he says, you know, a bruised reed I will not break. A smoldering wick I will not snuff out. So to somebody like you who says, hey, you know, I'm scared. I, I feel like I just want to be ready for him to come. I, I want to be about his work, but I struggle with it. I guarantee that the word of the Lord to you is not a word of condemnation, but it's a word of encouragement. You know, he would, he would look at you and say that if you are in Christ, if your faith and your trust is in Christ, then when he looks at you, he would say the same thing about you that he said about Jesus at his baptism. You remember what that was? He said, Behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Kimberly, if you, you put your trust and your hope in Jesus, uh, I don't think that God is going to come and, you know, with that angry tone say, hey, why didn't you do more for me? He's going to say, Kimberly, I'm so glad that you belong to me. Come into my presence, you know. So I think I you can believe be... that so bad, but I feel hard. I feel like my heart is hard and I'm so afraid. Like, I don't want to steer my conscience. I know I have to submit this to him and I just struggle. I resist. Well, we have to end the show right now. Um, I'm just going to pray for you quickly. Lord, please help Kimberly. Help her to know your love. Help her to know your grace. Help her to know your pleasure. And Lord, please calm her fears and help her to rest in Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. God bless you and have a great weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.